Views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. It's time for the John DePietro Show here on News Talk WNRI, 1380 AM and 99.9 and 95.1 FM. He's a special kind of sentinel. Mr. DePietro, who is in the eye of the storm. Suddenly, John DePietro. Became the story. Radio talk show host John DePietro. All right, here we go, folks. Uh, good afternoon, one and all. It's Juan. This portion of our program is much by Propane Plus. Remember, Tim Johnson's family, they want to be your propane provider. Call Propane Plus today. Two locations, East Greenwich or Hoboth. Call them 885-4209. Become a customer of Propane Plus. Your heating and cooling experts, P-R-O-P-A-N-E, Propane Plus. Find them also online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus. Well, folks, let's bring her in. She is uh, happens to be my sibling, one of my siblings, but also uh, background in both politics and media, uh, knows politics inside and out, and we have as a regular feature now, it is a Massachusetts communication consultant. You see her many sometimes uh, on, on Lively Experiment with Hummel, and it's Donna Perry. Good afternoon, DJ. Great to be here, JD. I want to start off with this uh, saga that's now been building for a little while, and we have talked about it. Um, there's, there's several different elements to this, and I'm talking about the convention center. I want to, there's, there's so many parts about this, and none of them are positive. As we are talking about, you know, Massachusetts is so far above Rhode Island as far as taking advantage of this good economy that we've had and all the problems that the state has, which is, you know, there are transportation problems, there's deficit problems, there's a spending problem. Schools are obviously a problem and just lack of being able to have good paying jobs in the state. And there's certainly a feeling that you and I both agree on, I think. That the state is kind of going down the wrong path and we're missing a window of opportunity to try to get some of that overflow from Massachusetts, specifically Boston. And then you have this situation that has really rocketed regarding the convention center. And it's the most powerful person. Um, and, and what I, I want to stress to people is the story needs to be investigated. It needs to be covered. But it is such a distraction there are businesses and people trying to do business with the state, and and no one wants to come into this climate. So, but and before I get your thought on it, what is significant about this that has really changed, and and is different since the last time you and I spoke, and that is, listen, if anyone wondered if the state police were looking into it, now we know they have. I mean, the convention center formally requests the state police investigate this. I'll take credit. I was the first one, and I got word on petro.com that there was a threat leveled. It is a threat of extortion. Uh, the state police are investigating. And the governor, this is very significant, Governor Gina Raimondo, in an interview with Channel 12, used the word criminal. If there was criminal behavior. Now, that's not a word you toss around a yep. lot. But criminal behavior. And then this report that it's 9 o'clock at night and the state police get tipped off that there's someone emptying things in a dumpster at the state house. Did they hang up and shake their head? No. Did they disregard it? No. Channel 12 films the state police, Rhode Island State Police, checking into a dumpster at the state house. This is when we have crossed over with the story. Yeah, yeah. And, and J.D., you're exactly right. There's going to be a lot of details, and I'm sure a lot more things are going to come out. The larger takeaway, though, is this 
just magnifies what is that really unattractive bad label that hangs around the neck of Rhode Island. Yes. It is corrupt. Yep. There's corruption at the top. I mean, this is the speaker. So, you know, there is a lot of details to this story that are still going to come out. But uh, I just think... On the one hand, when you see these shenanigans or, you know, this kind of lame, very difficult to believe story mold in the office. By the way, the the JCLS, which governs really all the workings of the legislature. Maybe people don't really understand exactly. Huge budget, 46 million. I was going to say, I mean, I think to have a budget of the size of approaching 50 million. You know, it is technically still a part-time legislature. Yep. We're Massachusetts, much bigger state, seven, eight million people, and, and they are a full-time legislature. To have that kind of a budget, six-month schedule, and there is also a lot of work that needs to be done this session, by the way. You know, we're, we know the Rhode Island is uh, financially hitting another tough right. spot. That She's, you know, got to take a look at a $200 million deficit. They've got a lot of things to turn around and move around. So... From just the governing perspective, it's a huge distraction. I think it, it, Mattiello and his team, they're <laughs> either, don't, they don't know how to move on this issue. There's a lack of transparency. He looks like he's changing his story yes. a lot. He's talking to different media. He's kind of changing his story. He's changing details. Um, and, and to say that the, this Mr. Demers. Now we don't have the personal file of what went on there, John. No. But let's keep the, for the taxpayers' sake. Just quickly keep something in mind. When they say these quasi-state agencies, these are arms of the government. Yes. The taxpayer is supporting these kinds of entities. Yep. There are statutes about harassment in the workplace. Yes. So whatever was the situation, we don't know exactly. It, it was at the point where the convention center authority was disciplining this individual. And when it is in this day and age in the Me Too movement and you have those types yes. of a cloud. Yeah. Now, again, I don't know Mr. the Demur situation. Understood. I'm not trying to, you know, maybe he was misaccused, but it was bad enough. They were disciplining him. And then Mattiello looks like he was taking revenge on them for that. Yes. So oh, and as you, you and I both know, listen. On December 23rd. I mean, what is being done at Third Island State House on December 23rd? Of course not. There are many times, if there is going to be, if we just want to come back to it, if it, you said hit on something, and that is his story really doesn't wash and make sense. He mm-hmm. has talking points that he just keeps repeating, but um, there would be an indication of you contact an agency and say, we want to set up and discuss that possibly an audit, or this is the information that we need. Uh, there would certainly be, the way it was explained to me, there's certain a period of warning signs that you, you want to avoid that, but that you're going to be looking to immediately come down and in this nature without any warning reeks of political retribution. The other thing is his story is that someone gave him information. And as a result of that, he felt it was worth investigating. Blake Filippi says, hey, I didn't vote on that. Let's go to court. Mattiello says, oh, if that's the case, then I'll rescind that I want an audit. Well, <laughs> Either yeah. you want it or you don't. If, if yeah. you had information yeah. that there was some kind of financial wrongdoing, no matter, come hella high water, you're going ahead to get that information. Right. Right. The fact that he backs off 
seems very, very suspicious. Well, it, it, yeah, it makes it look like he has mixed motives. Yes. For why does he want the audit? Is right. it more like a threat? Yes. Um, you know, there's just a lot of this back and forth, and yeah. it's certainly not playing good for him. No. And then, but them cleaning out the office and Holy throwing this stuff cow. away, and yeah. then you know, and nothing there, as I said, is very significant. It was explained to me to someone that tells you that. Listen, these guys are a certain way, but the fact that they don't have documents there lead you to believe that they're somewhere else. Yeah. Right? right. So it would have been now if they had found all these documents, all this other that's one thing. But the state police now are on record that they did not see anything there. So if the records go missing and we don't know what happened or whatever, well, we know they weren't thrown out. Right. So if the plan was, well, Somebody must have made a mistake when we were throwing the stuff out and got mold on it. Well, then that kind of that goes out the window. But something else is very significant here that people should not miss. And as much as they may try to put up a good show, there is no love between the governor and the speaker. It is my prediction here. She is not going to let this situation get away from her. Governor Gina Raimondo feels her term in office, what she wants, her priorities, her legacy would be far different if she had a different type of speaker. The Ramundo people, if, if they admit any wrongdoing, it would be they underestimated how much he would be in their way in trying to get things accomplished. Joe Sakachi ran her 2010 general treasurer campaign. Joe Sakachi is the number two to Mattiello. Yeah. Ramundo, if she dreams in anything at night, it's Speaker Joe Sakachi. And by the way, I know Joe. I think you've met him yeah, before. Yeah. Um, he was kind enough. He was at, when we did the thing for Kate, Miss Rhode Island. Right. He stopped by He's that. a good guy. He is a good guy. Listen, the world will not crash. Rhode Island will carry on. Um, but the time has come. Everything is in the making. And Ramundo has the head of the state police now digging into Mattiello. Yeah, I think I this mean, is all the makings of, listen, they want him out of there. He's got to be removed. And I, but I, and I think, as you see with a lot of cases like this, John, you, the next thing to see is does the wall crack yes. with elements of, you know, the other representatives? Yes. I mean, do the other legislators, whether it is the Women's Caucus, maybe, yes. who yeah. would be rightfully... right disturbed right. by the origin of this. Again, yep. it had to do with an accusation of you know, bad behavior. Yep. He, ha- he hired the son. He doesn't hide that they're friends. Right. And it yeah. is, you could, you know, a good good way, if you want to give him better for the doubt, the speaker, because it's his friend, his judgment was clouded over the issue. Oh my God, this is happening the week before Christmas, but but it, it, it goes to a larger issue, and that is the way that that office is handled. You know, you we, we heard versions of this I did firsthand with the Paw Sox people. They couldn't believe the tone they were getting when they went to his office at different times in good faith. Um, the type of, quote, attitude that was coming back was really a heavy-handed, take it or leave it, do you know who you're talking to, yeah. blah, blah, blah yeah. type of attitude. And it certainly seems consistent in this manner. You know, I remember when he was first in office, there was an organization I won't name, but they were hosting some kind of a St. Patrick's Day gathering. And, you know, they didn't know. It's a brand new speaker. They have this event going on. And they had someone, so they didn't invite him. Well, what I was told firsthand, he hit the roof. How dare you not invite me to the St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day gathering? Okay. And, and that was when he was maybe less than a month into the whole thing. So 
it graduates over time. We've talked at, listen, you have the Brit case hanging out there. Right. You have the federal grand jury on that doctor that was getting $1 million from the JCLS budget. There's a lot of things floating around this crowd right now. Well, and, uh, you know, and a forensic audit of those kinds of things. That's what I mean, the audit should an be. An audit of yeah. JCLS, right. which is probably does fuel speculation, yes. J.D., why yes. they wanted the records yes. away from yes. that. The whole thing. That arm. Yeah. So we will see where it goes. I yeah. don't think they needed this kind of a, a distraction. And he does look kind of spooked by, he you know, does. the daily development of, of issues yeah. here. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro in studio with me, Massachusetts communication consultant Donna Perry. I want to talk about Iowa. I think it's very significant. Uh, the Iowa caucus is coming up next week. I don't think a few months ago we ever could have predicted uh, where things are shaking out right now. And it, it is really the way the polls are. And I sent you, we're both looking at the same polls. Right now, things could change. But th- th- this is something really to be seen. Bernie Sanders is, is the front runner. Mayor Pete, to his credit, has really become the battle that seems seemingly is taking place is Sanders Warren and Bernie's winning that and Biden and Mayor Pete. Now, as much as Biden is still holding on nationwide, we both know that doesn't mean anything in these battleground states. It doesn't, you know. All right. So the people in New York and California, some of the bigger states that still like Biden. But right now, do you see anyone that is going to stop Bernie Sanders from winning the Iowa caucus? No, and and he really has crystallized that top spot in, in recent weeks. Um, despite all that went on, you go back in the fall and the heart attack and everything. But there's been some good, uh, the Boston Globe had a good piece um, the other day, J.D., and they really laid out how Bernie very strategically and methodically sort of reclaimed that mantle of the progressive label um, away from Warren when go back to the summer when it seemed like she was moving in on that turf. That's right. And a lot of it is he went to, now these are the far left groups. These are groups like the People's Party, which I think is to the left of something like the working, you know, the working um, party and all that stuff. And the climate activist group, Sunrise, which we I've talked about a little bit of how they've disrupted yes. the state house in Boston a lot. He really worked over those groups. He got their endorsements. Now, like it or not, that is really where the energy that we talk about a lot about that is with the party right now with Bernie. And like you say, we're seeing where he's at like, what, 25% in Iowa. She, Warren now is sitting at fourth in both Iowa and New Hampshire and at least in the polls in the last 48 hours. Um, and I just think that you're not going to take away that energy from where Bernie is at. And again, I diabolically am opposed to every position he would have. Oh, right. Yeah. But you have to say he is taking a page out of the Trump 2016 book. He is now, J.D., there was a quote the other day. He's almost like taunting the party. And I think when they were off you know, from the impeachment trial, he had like one day to campaign the other day. He's screaming at the microphone saying the Democratic Party establishment is getting very nervous about our campaign. And, you know, and the the crowd goes crazy. And it does remind me of when Trump began to pull away in 2016. Yes. And then he's got the online Twitter following, you know. So, you know, I don't know that they saw this coming this way. You know, if he pulls out ahead, Iowa, New Hampshire's right on the heels of that. 
Um, I don't think, though, things look at all settled at, after that point, though. And I certainly think. Agreed. Here's the pressure it puts on Biden. If if that scenario plays out, Buttigieg is holding in. But to me, J.D., he's not going to get any further than second. Right. In, in these big contests. Just not seasoned enough. And, and I, just so people know, the numbers right now that we're going this on. Iowa, Sanders 25, Mayor Pete 18, Biden 17, Warren 15, Klobuchar 8. She's been hurt by being pulled off the trail because she was building some momentum. New Hampshire, Sanders 22, Mayor Pete 17, Biden 15, Warren 13, Klobuchar 10. Can you imagine if Elizabeth Warren finishes fifth? In New Hampshire, I think her campaign is over. Well, well, yeah. and and to your point, what begins to happen really quick now in these months ahead? I mean, we're walking into February; the money dries up. That's right. Um, and I have also felt Amy Klobuchar is the one who somehow that can happen with campaigns. She's just crystallizing now. Yeah. She is peaking. I would say better than Mayor Pete at yes. the right moment. The only thing is there's a lot of reporting. She doesn't have the money flowing in. No. She might. She probably doesn't have the state-by-state infrastructure, certainly no. of a Bernie. Yeah. Now. They just don't have the money. A month from now, the conversation, in my view, is going to be, does Amy go on the ticket with a Biden? Hmm. Um, well, you mean with a Biden? If he's if he's the if he wins, I don't know <laughs> well, if he's going to be there right yeah. now. That, I mean, if we well, just take it at what we're saying, right now, you have Bernie Sanders, Mayor Pete. What does it do for Biden? And I just saw on Twitter Biden saying it's not so important if you don't win the first two contests. But what does it say to if Biden doesn't win or even finish if he finishes third in Iowa? And third in New Hampshire. He has to win South Carolina. Which he probably would. Because yeah. he is doing very well there. But apparently Sanders is doing very well in Nevada. And then coming right around the corner, someone who is climbing is Mike Bloomberg. Yep. With the, so, his ads. Well, his and ad- Biden's numbers are not. His fundraising is not great. No. His whole message is experience. Um, that was the message of Hillary with the 3 a.m. phone call. She lost. That was the John Kerry message. Right. She lost. That was the Al Gore. How much is Biden being dragged down by all of this impeachment of we want to talk to Hunter Biden? Right. And that's the other thing. Yeah. Is And there is some now anecdotal evidence how it's beginning to hurt Biden. They are at the center of the impeachment conversation. I mean, you can't make up this stuff. And, and which now may become a more dragged out you know, spectacle, John. So if, if and I think all these things matter. Yeah. If the impeachment thing goes further on, it's a spectacle. Their names keep coming up in the center of it. Um, I also think there's just a lot of parallels of Biden is almost the role of a Hillary against Bernie. Yes. That you don't see the energy on the ground. No. Uh, people have said that you see wherever they go, they see Bernie signs everywhere. They yep. see Bernie, 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 you know, and they're going to get to that point where the is that maybe that is where the if that's where the energy of the party is. But importantly, if that's where the votes are, I don't see how the National Democratic Party, which I don't think wants Bernie. No. But I don't see how um, they you can't they have a, a structure and a system. Like, if he really prevails in these top primaries... Then what do they do? Yeah. <laughs> Bernie Trump. And I think, you yeah. know, he learned from, from 2016 
Um, he learned from that. He, he, in many ways, was kind of given, you know, we learned a raw deal by the DNC and by the Clinton people. But he is poised right now. Everything is breaking his way. He's got the squad. He's got AOC campaigning in Iowa. And you know, when, they, when you win Iowa and you win New Hampshire, it just adds rocket fuel to a campaign. And I think he is going to be very, very difficult to, to stop. And the way, as much as the party, you know, Hillary has her documentary out at Sundance. And in that Sundance thing, she says no one likes Bernie Sanders. No one can work with him. Right. The reports that President Obama is, is waiting, but he may step forward and say we're, we're not going to beat President Trump if Bernie Sanders yeah. is the, the candidate. But I, I think, Donna Perry, it's two different Democrat parties. I think they're – I don't see that with the Republicans. You, you do see some people – like a Mitt Romney, that they don't like President Trump. But it's not like t- these are two ideologies are very, very opposed. Right. right. Mike Bloomberg is not on the ticket with Bernie Sanders, right? He's the billionaire that he keeps preaching about. I think the divide is too strong. And as much as people dismiss it, I am starting to see articles saying, what if it is Bernie versus Trump? I, I don't see, number one, African Americans, if you notice that the, the the black vote, they are not with Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. They're no, they're not. not. They're no. not socialists. They're not. No, and and the thing is, if it came to Trump, Bernie, oh I, I'm going to make a prediction. You know, Trump could be on track to win in a Reagan landslide scale. Yeah. I absolutely think that. You believe I, that? Yeah. yeah. Trump would win more than 35 states. I wow. mean, it's just, I don't think also the media, even though we think Bernie's been around, his ideas have not been really kicked they around. They have not been. They have not no. been digested. To be no. fair to Elizabeth, I've only now seen, um, I don't know, he was exchanging something in the hallway, you know, because they're stuck in the state, um, they're stuck in the Senate, and they were pressing him i think it was nora o'donnell and she was she did try to press him and say your plan to have the government really run health care yeah which by the way that's when there's so many issues that that trump team trump they, they're just going to demolish him I, i've often said just say to the american public here's the story you see how the vets the veterans hospital is run in yep. washington yes. right you want the government oh to God. run hospitals? Oh, my God. That's essentially, yeah. that's socialism, that's Medicare for all. That's what all of them are proposing. It's very easy to just tell the public, you definitely don't want this. And you've also put it, Donna Perry, in very easy to understand terms in a Rhode Island way. Picture telling the Rhode Island voters, what was it like the last time you went to the registry of motor vehicles? That's right. Do you want your hospitals All working? unionized. All unionized. That, that's what all they want, by way. the way. That, that is what they want. That, yeah, that, that's yeah. part of this. Oh, my God. So we're seeing the problems with the Rhode Island Veterans Home. And again, <laughs> right. why is that? Yeah. It's because of the unions, how much they charge. No, you, the, the you don't want governments running hospitals yeah. in this country. I, I think Bernie's, Bernie has been, you know, that sort of far left rock star. He's been on this trip of this. But I don't think the national media, which it says a lot about that J.D., I'm not sure they completely have ever taken him seriously enough. I don't think they have. They don't think he would prevail now. No. no. Um, there is the youthful vote. They're, they're, the energy is with him. They're, they're the Twitter folks. But I will say, when you get to a general, and this is where Elizabeth Warren was definitely struggling. She was half trying to play this it hasn't worked out for her in my view she was trying to play 
with one eye on the general. Yes. Where you have, so she yes. would have these weird things to say, you know, my brothers are Republicans. Like, yeah. <laughs> these three old guys from Oklahoma, I don't know if anyone relates to that. But she was doing that on purpose. Yes. Because she was trying to play to being a centrist once it comes, you know, next September. It is comical when they try to slide that stuff in. Amy Klobuchar was speaking to a gay group and said, you know, I learned later in life my prom date was gay. No, like, I like, thought talk that, about yes. trying to relate. Like, come on, <laughs> give it a break. Now, what do you make of this, though? And again, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. And I sent this to you, Daily Mail. Hillary Clinton admits she feels the urge to run against President Trump and says she would win. I can't believe, I. every time I'm ready to say, you know what, I was wrong. She keeps throwing it out there. Like, I'm still out here and I might still run. What is your thought on that? Well, I mean, I, it just tells me she is still, she has not closed the door like I'm not running. Why would you say something like that? Well, for you, J.D., yeah. I know the phrase, the dream will never die. No, it won't. No. <laughs> the hope will live I, on. I think they're sitting it's back a, like, yeah. hey, listen, this is divided and I'm the person you want. What if it is? And I believe also, I think the media would love a brokered convention. Um, you worked in the media. What people sometimes don't understand is the excitement of Clinton was journalists. The Clinton impeachment was that modern day journalists get to live through what Woodward and Bernstein went through and started, you know, with Nixon and the impeachment. They, they, they like things. They hear about some of this stuff from the past and right. the media would be excited. And, and by the way, the conventions, which have been so boring and yeah, unpredictable, pre- pre- pre-scripted talk um, about them and predictable, excuse me, would be. That would be an exciting note. Can you imagine? They go there, and it's really a floor fight for who's going to be the nominee. I think, despite everything going on in Washington, I think all of that benefits President Trump. I Well, I absolutely do. Yeah. I would not, in a second, doubt that Bernie is now emboldened to, to go that step. See, yes. that's what it was. He did take the step back fine in yep. 2016. That's right. He knew he had the energy. Yep. He knew... He was that close. He had and the then campaign. He did, he did fold it up. Yep. You know, he played the game of saying, okay, I'll fall in line. He did. Um, and Not I think time. by the comments he's making, like I say, he's almost taunting them now when he says they're afraid of our campaign. It's very Trumpian. Yes. Um, he's playing the outsider. He's thrown his elbows around now. And, and you've got to a, a brokered convention. You're right. In this generation, people have never seen that, you know, where they're screaming at each other <laughs> like the oh Chicago. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, but I think, in a way, maybe it's come to this with that party. Yes. But, you know, J.D., they gave birth to a lot of this extremist views. They did. You know, they have nurtured this around yeah. the edges. So now you get what you wanted. Yes. You know, you can't control. You have this huge side of the party that by in many states in this country, not Massachusetts and Rhode Island, those ideas are not nationally electable no not no by a stretch and you certainly i don't think you see it in as we talk about you know the real states that are going to determine this whether it be the rust belt or the states that are truly in play that are going to affect this you know it's also interesting donna perry is just how fast i mean the news cycle we're not talking about iran look at how right, they right. think the impeachment trial was going to be so huge there's no ratings people aren't talking about it. they're not following it and then what happens on sunday Kobe Bryant, you know, tragically is killed in the helicopter crash. And suddenly that drowns out so much of everything going on. Iowa is coming up next week. It's the, 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 the news cycle is just flipping so quickly. 
it's incredible how I think it's tough for someone who's lower tier to even gain momentum in an atmosphere Absolutely. like this. Absolutely, yeah. You know? Because when they don't have the big money, they're counting on really the f- what free marketing. That's what news coverage used to be for. Yes. You know, you get free coverage. Yep. Um, it, but they're not getting that. And, and then they're stuck in this, you know, the Senate trial, which is like a snooze fest for most of America. I mean, no, I, you know. I, I was telling um, someone yesterday, actually, a friend, and I was... They were asking me about the election, and I said, you know, years ago, I I will admit this, um, and maybe it's being like a real political junkie, but I would sit this time of year and watch on C-SPAN where you would see, um, you know, there is so-and-so doing uh, a town hall meeting in Iowa, whether it's Howard Dean or whoever, that type of thing. Right now, there's, there's none of that. The coverage was the impeachment now it's it's the kobe situation which just continues to expand out over the week and that that that's don't right get is they, they just don't get the oxygen and then you have the super bowl so and then you have the super bowl so they're kind of losing Sunday, the final Kennedy week. will interview president trump he's going to run a commercial one final th- what, what what do you make of bloomberg he is rising and if you read some of the stories about former new york city mayor like bloomberg they're finding that americans are funny the more they they see you it didn't work for Tom Steyer, but the more they see him, they feel they know him. And they felt that that really worked for President Trump in running, that when he ran, because he'd been on TV in The Apprentice, you, you, you are someone like, hey, I see your ads all the time. Do you think Bloomberg out there, is he a threat for, for Sanders? I think the Sanders people would love the fight, is what, I'm, I, what think I think. They would love that fight. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he's totally not having a chance. Yep. I've said this before. I do think he could be a place to land yep. when there is the sense that Biden it's just not going to work out ultimately. Yeah. Um, but then again, see, he's not with the party apparatus. And I really think that matters. J.D., you talk about a convention. You talk about people like, say, Governor Raimondo and these elected people. They're super delegates. That's yes. how that party does it. See, that really matters. Yep. And then they, I don't see him really being able to sort of, you know, overcome that and, and work his way into that. However, yep. as you point out, we're having a year where n- nothing could have been predicted. Um, things can happen. I, now, I'm, no, I'm not wishing for this. Could Bernie have a health relapse? I don't know. You know, he did have that. Right. Um, he's running real hard on the trail when he can get out there. So um, could someone be that place to go for the voter, for the Democratic voter? Um, Bloomberg has the money yeah. to run. I mean, those ads he is making are gains. He everywhere. Is going he's up. making gains. They are everywhere. You can do a lot with that. And he'll keep spending. Yeah. Right. He'll go a lot. I think as much as this is interesting, that is what happens on Super Tuesday in March when he finally does enter the fray. You know, what is that going to do? Yeah. If Mayor Pete finishes second in both Iowa and New Hampshire, you know, huge fundraising boom. He's got a lot of fans. He is seen as the moderate. I, I think it's an interesting dynamic of people are trying to choose. It's either Mayor Pete or Biden. And right now, more people seem to be gravitating towards Mayor Pete as far as the early states. And then... Sanders is clearly winning this battle against Elizabeth Warren. Those are the four. Yeah, there's no question. She's making kind of a late Hail Mary pass on electability. And I want to just point out a quick Massachusetts uh, side note on that. The fact that she is running around saying, well, I'm the only person that beat a sitting Republican incumbent. 
you know, our old buddy Scott Brown. But, John, that was in Massachusetts, yes, okay? That is right. not representative no. of, and that's not going against Donald Trump in it's the not, country. So, no. But she's, she's throwing that out there as almost a last play of electability. She's almost throwing anything out there now. Yes. Yeah. And no, that's, they're definitely in that's when mode. you see that. Yeah. And you also, when the New Hampshire numbers came out with women, that's why it then equals why she fabricated, I think fabricated, but came up with this whole thing that he told her a woman can't be elected. When you got the New Hampshire polls, she had lost half of her female voters. They, you know what? They and people have told me that have run, and you know this from working at campaigns, the candidate and their pulse, they can tell when the ground is crumbling underneath them. Yeah. They know when they're going right. down. And that's what's going on with her right now. Folks, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro. In studio with me is Massachusetts communication consultant Donna Perry. I want to touch on some local stories. And I think, you know, some of the dynamics in Providence were on full display yesterday. So you have the new superintendent who was introduced. And... You know, I don't know this guy. Obviously, we want to wish him a lot of luck. To me, it comes down to, I don't know how much experience he has dealing with unions, because that is going to be his biggest problem, is this teacher contract is going to come up, and suddenly he's going to have to deal with that. He's receiving two twenty five dollars a year, plus raises, $20,000 to relocate from Tampa to Providence, and $750 for car allowance. Now, they unveil him yesterday, this new Providence superintendent. Mayor Alorza doesn't even go to the announcement. Alorza has his own announcement yesterday. Providence unveils plans for more bike-friendly streets. Now, you went to Providence College. It was a disaster when they took out around Eaton Street, where you have four-lane roads, two on each side, to make two-way bike lanes. He is unveiling $20 million for these bike lanes all over the city. It, it is he is living in a de- like this is delusional. It really going to cause p- traffic problems. You know what? It, what are it's, you talking about? It, it's disgraceful. He does not have any concept of the city he's governing. No. John. You know why don't they just turn the whole thing into a big long bike path, bike path. and just and oh have no commerce God. and have no streets? Providence, Rhode Island, has a very wow. high degree of. Uh, elderly people who live at very low economic margins, they're Medicaid dependent, and they have various levels of, you know, handicaps and disability. Yes. And what he should be doing is to have, and by the way, everyone who's in that category does not have a person to assist them, you know, errands and go get medicine and everything else. And I think it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, When you look at their saying, we're going to turn it into a city more sustainable and equitable and livable. What about for people like that? Yes. That's act. There's more of Providence that represented by that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Then, you know, yuppies who maybe lived in Seattle before and then they probably will again and they're going to bike around. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, He has no sense of the the kind of city he's governing. You're right to have the embarrassment, the national shame of the Providence School District. You finally, they finally take, you know, 9,000 months and they get the new person on board. He can't go to the announcement. I mean, that that says something very... They're saying, you know, they thought he was out of town, but then he he said, well, I wasn't invited. I mean, there's nothing good about this. All we keep hearing is it's supposed to be about the kids. Uh, Regardless of what communication snafu, you're the mayor of Providence, they're announcing a much long-anticipated new superintendent schools Whatever it is, you have to be at that announcement. That is ridiculous. Now, I also want to play for you. This did not get a lot of play in the media. But Bob Walsh, NEA Rhode Island, was on with Hummel 
on Lively Experiment. And he, he revealed something that I haven't heard anyone report on. And for whatever reason, Lively didn't pick up on it. He's very upset about Angel Tavares, former mayor, is leading the lawsuit against the forever contracts, right? Ramundo signed it. And there's a lot of speculation as to, you know, she cut a campaign deal because they endorsed her, which seemed odd, for re-election against Matt Brown. And then she signed the forever contract. So they go through the program, blah, blah, blah. And you do lively. And then Bob wants to get to outrage. Now, he hates the lawsuit. They're trying to get cities and towns to drop off the lawsuit. But he revealed something. And I don't know why no one else has reported on it. But listen, I want to play you the sound. Again, this is Bob Walsh, NEA Rhode Island, on Lively. And this is, I think, very significant about this lawsuit and what Angel Tavares information they want from him. And it gets into Governor Raimondo. Is the cities and towns who signed on to this lawsuit with Angel Tavares, who's representing them at $450 an hour, agreed to a binding arbitration clause if they had a dispute. And that's what they had always been fighting over the years. And even worse than that, we get a subpoena on this case. Now, I don't have a weigh-in on the Constitution. And it was a fishing expedition about why did we endorse the governor and not endorse this and all sorts of things that are totally irrelevant to the underlying constitutional point and all about political payback by the guy who lost to her in the primary uh, five years ago. And that is ridiculous. And the cities and towns and the taxpayers... Thou does protest too much. You know, no one has mentioned that they received a subpoena. And Angel Tavares, kudos to him. Let's get to the bottom of this agreement between Ramundo getting the endorsement from the teachers union and then her signing this piece of legislation. That, that, that was, is really significant. That was definitely overlooked. Wow. I did not catch that. How about that? Well, of course, he throws in, he's smearing Angel Tavares. Okay, yep. that's uh, vintage Walsh. Yep. Uh, he's got to throw the smear in and he, they got a subpoena to walk that through. That is is something that you're right has not gotten a lot of no. media attention wow mm. and you know all right angel Tavares. he he's an attorney he was hired he's not it's the cities and towns that are bringing this you know this lawsuit saying you're handcuffing us we can't negotiate with the unions because the contract never ends and a perfect example is going to be i don't know this new education commissioner that they just hired in providence donna perry And everyone's saying, well, you know, the Providence teacher contract is going to end and they're going to have to make all these provisions. And right now, you know, the John Hopkins report truly illustrated the principals have no control over the school. They can't fire teachers. They can't hire teachers. They can't implement any any changes. I don't think Afonte Green or this new person they just hired, I don't think they understand the contract's not ending this spring. The contract is never ending. It's never ending. That's why they it's the evergreen. the law that it never ends. And, and How I, you negotiate with someone who they're under no obligation to negotiate right. because whatever deal that they're going to put forward for the Providence Teachers Union, which is AFT, which is Randy Weingarten, is going to be worse than the one they have. And they're not going to sign it. You know, John, and I hope people understand, you know, because it, it gets detailed. Essentially, the thing about these evergreen contracts, you're giving, huh. you have no leverage None. to the city or town. Zero. Rhode Island's cities and towns, therefore, Rhode Island local school districts, and I'll just say this quickly, I believe has one of the highest percentages in uh, when you go into school districts statewide around the country, has one of the highest percentages of that, how much 
of the local budget goes to staff and benefits yes. and what is left over for the curriculum, which is in really kids and learning. It's actually a very small amount. People would be astounded. I they think it's be. 89 or 90 percent. It is. Goes to, is already out the door yep. to staff benefits and pensions. And because um, Rhode Island, I believe, has seven, they're like the seventh best package in the country well that's that's really nice and congratulations and uh, you know if you did 30 years in warwick i'm glad for you yeah and you have your summer house but you know what the results are the results and there's plenty of money it's yeah. just where the money but, goes but you see the curriculum and the kids is there everyone's claiming for the kids no you're not it, it was someone that you and i both know we there. won't say but they are a cranston teacher and they used to earn money in the summertime for teaching summer school. And one of the reasons why they had to get a separate summer part-time job is the city eliminated, oh, we don't have money for summer school. But when I said, well, yeah, but what about those kids who go to summer school? Oh, they just pushed them forward. So oh, you, yeah. you had a program of summer school and children that needed the extra they need the remedial to get help. ready. Yeah. And instead, well, we don't have any money. Well, there's actually plenty of money. It's really where it's going. Right. And that story last week where you have that superintendent of Warwick, who I admire, Philip Thornton, saying, we have a, a problem where you have chronic absenteeism of teachers in Warwick out more than 18 sick days. But what really came out again is Warwick teachers, 90 sick days. I mean, how that is still in a contract in 2020, It's obscene, Donna, John. It's, it's obscene. obscene. We went you to would St. not Paul. find it in many no, places. We went to St. Paul's where also the phone would sometimes ring at the, our house on Ferncrest <laughs> Avenue. And our mother, Ginny, would pick up the phone. Hi, sister. Okay, boom. She'd hang up the phone. Third grade, so-and-so's class. Boom, boom, boom. And then she <laughs> would go and sub. I mean, and it, it wasn't all the time. But to think of 18 sick days these people are. And there's a lot of them. And they're taking a lot more, yeah. And they're taking a lot more. Continuity of the educator in the classroom is one one of the biggest hallmarks of how you have success. Yes. Yeah. Now, before I let you go, uh, any stories in mass or anything else that you want to uh, mention? Uh, I do just want to mention um, with my um, North Attleboro and in that area, uh, Republican groups, we're getting very excited. There's um, a great candidate coming around and he's trying to, you would be interested in this, he's trying to take back the state senate seat that was the legacy seat that scott brown had oh yeah he got out of that seat we did have a republican in there from rentham and um he's now gone and this is a guy named matt kelly he has a lot of energy um becca rosh got in there in 2018 she's far left we do not like her uh legislative record um, and so I'm going to, you know, hopefully give a little help to those guys and, and they want to really Great. get back that state Senate seat. You know, um, in, in some ways, Mass has the similar problem of Rhode Island. I mean, you do have the Republican Charlie Baker, but they could use more Republicans in their state Senate. Yes. And they do, despite whatever the, some of the politics may be, they, they still have a very thriving, incredible engine economy where just in the last 10 years we've watched Boston really become an international city because they've established where they do have unions but they have a relationship with the private sector yes that nurtures it yep that's exactly so, right. And a high workforce, high educated. Yep. So. Donna Perry, great job. Maybe we'll have him call in sometime. Great to have We'll be glad to do that. All right, uh, folks, that's Donna Perry. Again, if you missed the segment, it is available. We'll have it uh, podcasted up at topetro.com. Hey, folks, I want to remind you, if you ever find yourself in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 
401-272-3340 West Fountain Auto Body. It's Kenny. It's Patricia. It's your vehicle. They will repair your vehicle. Showroom-like condition. If you ever find yourself in an accident, and it can happen, call West Fountain Auto Body today. 401-272-3340. Located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. The original, the best. It's West Fountain Auto Body. And remember, they'll handle everything. Small dent to a nearly total vehicle. You can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. It's John DePietro. 401-766-1380. A lot more head. Latest on the State House investigation with the State Police. It's all ahead on the John DePietro Show. Do you own and operate a small business and you rely on communicating with your employees while they're out in the field? Well, if you do, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. This is Sal with T-Mobile for Business, and I encourage you to reach out to me today at 401-332-0000. This is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Right now, we have unlimited plans with unlimited talk, text, and data. With no contract, great deals on iPhones and Samsungs, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Stop wasting money. Call me for a free consultation at 401-332-0000. Again, 401-332-0000. Stop wasting money with your current cell phone carrier. Call me today, Sal with T-Mobile for Business, 401-332-0000. Hey, folks, remember, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today at 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110. MEGA, M-E-G-A, Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Free estimate, FHWA inspections, Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service. ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. With Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Ma, when are we getting the heat back? As soon as... Local propane company. Delivers. Last time that took three days. At least it's not as cold as inside. I'm propane man and I got a plan. I'm going to help you with your gas. If your service is lame, we don't play that game. We're going to be the end of flash. If your heat is out, just give us a shout with a company you can trust. Friendly maintain that we keep it a green. You can always count on us. Propane Plus. Propane Plus. Propane Plus. That's right, folks. Propane Plus. Two locations, Rehoboth and also in East Greenwich. Call Propane Plus today, 401 401- 885-4209, 401-885-4209, propane plus for all your heating and cooling needs. Listen, they can put a tank either underground or above ground. Full service, your one source for all your propane needs. Automatic delivery, extensive selection of tanks, propane appliances, satellite tank monitoring, locked in rates through the plus plan. Tim Johnson and his family, I'll tell you, no one is more knowledgeable and they want to be your propane supplier call propane plus today heaters generators water heaters pool heaters fireplaces boilers and furnaces 885-4209 propane plus 885-4209 you are listening to the john DePietro show on 99.9 fm and 1380 a.m news talk wnri All right, and we're back, folks. uh, Good afternoon, one and all. Here I am. It's Juan. It's John DePietro. This portion of our program brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Remember what we say. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. 
7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. Now, I had a problem with our microwave. I put in some microwave popcorn and nothing happened. Did I panic? No. Did I find it on the stack? Yes. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. 401-710-7096. We made an appointment. He came right out. They removed it, brought it back to the workshop. Boom. Good as new. One morning, couldn't get the oven to heat up. I don't know what I did wrong. What did you do? I don't know what I did wrong. I know what I did right was I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. We made an appointment. There was a truck in my driveway. It said, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Ryan fixed the oven. Something went wrong in about 10 minutes. Call Ryan's Appliance Repair. And many times Ryan tells me when he's out at a, a home or a business that many times there's several appliances not working. So if it's your washer or clothes washer or dryer or your refrigerator or stove or oven, whatever it is, any appliance, call Ryan, 401-710-7096. Saturday appointments are available. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's John DiPietro. Again, I can't stress enough. Uh, these are very, very serious developments going on with the uh, the latest now with Speaker Mattiello. And when you have what's what's so significant to me is the fact that, you know, there's a report, and I give so much credit, Channel 12 broke it. That you have the state police investigating the Mattiello crime family and whether or not they were destroying documents. So something needs to be uh, without question. I mean, that's a red flag. But what also, um, oh, I'm looking, Ted Nisi has the JCL office is all torn up. Uh, Target 12 gets access to the state house office after the state police inspection. Let me see if I, uh, oh, here we go. Do we have this? After uh, Rhode Island State Police responded, based on a tip, documents have been, been removed. And Tim White's inside mold was discovered, leading the removal of all, all offices. Let me play some of this. that documents from this office were being improperly disposed of. But a spokesperson for the House Speaker, Nicholas Mattiello, says that's not the case at all. They had a mold problem in this office, and they had to tear it apart and uh, throw away some furniture and things in the, um, into the dumpster, but no documents. Let me just show you real quick what they say is the cause of all the problems. And that's in this room. They had to tear open the floor. They say a steam pipe burst, and that caused the floors to get wet. And that mold um, had developed there. And I don't that's see why any they're mold. trying to clear out this office and clean things up. They relocated seven people into uh, another office. Look, the timing of this uh, is a tough one because the Rhode Island Convention Center had asked mold. the state police to look into an audit that the speaker yep. had ordered of the convention center. So there were concerns There's that the whatever was going on in here might be related to that. But again, spokesperson says, as you can see, this is all about a mold problem they had here. Uh, we're going to be doing some interviews and we'll be updating the story. So stick right here to WPRI.com. You know, so that's Tim White. But I, uh, in looking at that, so they show one corner, and I don't see any mold problem. I don't see any mold problem at all. In fact, let me uh, put that for a comment. 
I don't see the mold problem. I don't see the mold. I see people trying to pretend that there's mold. But I certainly don't see the mold. Um, So they had to tear up everything. No, I don't believe that. They didn't find any documents? No, of course not. No, because the documents were taken out this weekend. That's what I was told. They need to go to the security cameras. And a source told me Frank Montanaro was seen at the Rhode Island Hayes State House over the weekend removing records. Unknown what records were moved to where they are now. Now, uh, this whole, this is all a play. Oh, we saw that. We have to rip the whole thing up. So they have to destroy the whole office. Everything is, uh, I, I don't know. I don't believe they, these guys. They're pathological liars. Why would we believe them? Right? Why would we believe anything that is being said by this crew? I don't believe that. No. I, I think that's the cover of why suddenly they felt the need to do it. But what needs to happen is they need to, someone needs to secure these records. Someone needs to, and they need to find out right away and go in there and breaking. Rhode Island State Police respond to State House on tip of improper removal of documents. Uh, they need to secure that right now that the records are already missing. I Do, do I believe that the Mattiello crime family... And again, folks, if you go to depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, you can see the story that we broke. This started with extortion threat from Mattiello, the speaker, about his pal, Jim Demers. That's what it comes down to. It's, uh, it has nothing to do with an audit. If there's, if, if there's going to be an audit done, the audit should be done. Any audit should involve... If you want to do an audit, they should do an audit on the JCLS. But go to DePetro.com, and then you can see exactly there the story. Speaker Threatened Convention Center. I will put an enema, stick an enema up your behind. And that was January 17th I posted that. And that's exactly what it was. Now, the Mattiello people are trying to say, well, that's, that's a na-. No, that, that's a narrative because that's what happened. But, boy, they are scrambling now. The Mattiello crime family is scrambling. All right, we're going to break for the news coming up. A lot more to go. 766-1380. You can email me, john at dipetro.com. Hey, don't forget, you can get those one-of-a-kind original Rhode Island magnets at Bory Graphics. Go to the website, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Bory Graphics. Stay with us. A lot more ahead on the John DePetro Show. Iwan Socket, W236CW, W260DC. W-N-O.